Hello everybody, Johnny here. Hope everyone is doing well out there. Just got back from a little Thanksgiving break and here we are with a new episode of Music Seeds, the music that made us. I sit down yet again with Mr. Jeremy McCree and Jack Miller. This is a continuation of a conversation we're having, but the first part of the 30 years ago best albums of 1992. So we go down the rabbit hole of all the albums that were popular that year. There's a brief moment in the beginning of this episode where we dive into the conversation about my Nine Inch Nails experience at Red Rocks over this past summer. Then we get into the conversation about the year in music for 1992. I hope you enjoy this. If you're interested in getting a hold of me or any of the folks here at Music Seeds, please feel free to listen after this conversation. And without any further ado, folks, here we go. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us. No, 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 no. I want to bring it back to that because I haven't really been able to talk about it too much. That that whole experience, the Nine Inch Nails experience, was like, I have, Pearl Jam, I have that experience somewhat, but to be at a concert and to feel your, you as a person, human being, go back 20 years during a show and like try not to lose your shit and get emotional because it's... Oh, where you were at that point in time? Oh my God. Just, yeah. Just the, yeah. listening to the lyrics, yeah. thinking about what I was going through at that time and hearing him singing it and seeing what he's been through yeah. and like him right there and feeling every minute and moment and it just going by so fucking quick. And you're like, this, it was, it's, it's one of my top 10 moments ever was that Nine Inch Nails Red Rock show. I mean, I surprised I didn't lose my shit a couple of times because <laughs> it was that fucking good. Right. Especially when he came to the end when he was singing Hurt and hear it being done so many times and right. heard so many different plays of her and Johnny Cash doing it and just... To have a different meaning than the first time I heard that and, and know that, it I, I've never had, I've always respected Trent Reznor doing what he wanted to do. I really, after watching that show and then wa- listening to what he did with um, Patrick from Filter right. for the fan thing Back for Hall of Fame. Fame, and having them come up on stage and doing their own song at a Nine Inch Nails show, you're doing, you know, Nice Man, Hey Man, Nice Shot. I think he's come so far in his life, and you know. I would tend to agree with that because he had a reputation for kind of being a dick. Exactly. This year. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why Patrick left the band. He yeah. Sense. I don't know if anybody, everybody knows this. I thought it was. I think it's relatively well known. One of the reasons he left the band is because he was so abusive to his other members. Yes. Of the all the and and it was part of the show and part of who he was. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as another as a person in that band, it's, it's kind of hard to be creative and make music if. You got to worry about your lead singer throwing a water bottle at your head every yeah, every other yeah. show, and you know, and pushing you around and things mm-hmm. like that, attacking your instrument. And yeah. so, yeah, I think I think Trent's gone through a, a lot of. Well, he's been through well, therapy, you know? and he's been through you know rehabilitation and things like that for his addictions and shit like that too. And so, I love when you can reflect back on your life, and we're going to do that in this episode. We're going to go back to the '90s. We're going to go back to when. We went from that transition, and you, Jack, had a big 
transition from watching that happening. You went through that '80s rock, <laughs> you know, era. So that transition in like the '90 when we went to like a different kind of I, rock I and roll. I touched on it in our last group episode of how, or, or, or I can't remember if we dropped in a group episode or on my individual episode of the question of where's this generation's Nirvana because Nirvana hit like an atom bomb. Mm-hmm. There's your talk. There's your transition of the '90s right yes. there. But there was so many bands. True, we're gonna get into all that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's do that. What sparked this thing was. There were getting come across so many anniversaries now, 30 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. And it's mind-blowing to think about 30 years ago. There's so many fucking great albums that came out, and it blows your mind. And I actually looked at what 92 had for releases that that entire freaking year. Run the list. And you will blow your freaking gourd when you're like, holy shit. Just how many fucking albums came out? Well, ground, we're not necessarily groundbreaking, but just great albums. Good quality yes. albums that sold well and mm-hmm. seminal albums for that artist and such. So I don't know. I don't think either one of you are as big a fan as I am. But the first one on the list was Automatic for the People for R.E.M. Oh, that's a great album. I love that album. Fucking. R.E.M. Well, R.E.M. <laughs> they, they, hit, they, they hit their creative peak right there with, mm-hmm. uh, with the one before that. Um, um, the one that had out of time, out of time, with, yes, you know, and you know, with losing mm-hmm. our religion, yes, and then they went to automatic for the people, and then uh, the one was that orange covered one, monster, monster, monster mm-hmm. was good. I mean, they they had they they had like four albums in a row yes. that just were they were incredible. The guitar, what's his name, the guitar player, uh, I give him a lot of credit. I think he's oh, the, the, the creative, yeah. uh, the creative force of that band musically. Yes, yes. Nothing take not taking anything away from Michael Stipe. But I'm just saying, yeah. he, I think or Mike he, Mills, yeah, he's exactly, a yeah, I mean, they're a good band as a whole, but yeah. I mean, there's certain yeah. people sometimes that drive it. And yeah, R.E.M. was definitely on a roll. Drive was one of the songs. Exactly. <laughs> I, nice I, little. I, <laughs> actually, Automatic for the People, I thought, was a fantastic follow-up album to Out of Time because everybody got trapped or gripped into Losing My Religion. Yes. And the whole album was good, but I thought Automatic for the People was even better as an album on its whole. Yeah. And I like that he... In most recent years, he went, you know, being as popular as he was, and they were questioning it during that time, his sexuality, a, a lot. And he couldn't come out, you know, because if he would have, it would have not been the same as it is now. And now he yeah, is they, able to they, come maybe, out. I don't know. You know. It's, everybody's different in that respect because I saw yeah. Melissa, Etheridge, Melissa Etheridge was on um, television this morning. My mm-hmm. wife had the TV on in the background. And she was talking about how she decided early in her career just to come out. Just to get it, get it over with, and put it out yeah, there, and be yeah. instead of you know living her own truth as opposed to hiding behind it, yeah. and that's that was good for her. And then mm-hmm. there's plenty of people out there who don't want to make it part of their reality, so that's yeah. fine. Let's go down. Let's continue. Let's okay. just yeah. Jeremy had something about Peter Buck. Yes. Thank Buck's you, Peter Buck. Yeah, he's the guitar had... player for yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, I. That's and they're one of these people that going back to when you end it and when do you like continue on is their drummer had an aneurysm and couldn't play drums anymore and they're like we're done we're not going to continue on performing and i thought wow you know like that's mighty bold of them to be like we're done you know they could have got another drummer and continued on and you know there you go well that's number three on here okay check your head one of my all-time top 10 favorite albums that's me that's it's a a good that oh my god you, it's very hit and miss for me with the Beastie Boys. I don't. I, I like some of their stuff. Other stuff, I, I'm kind of just indifferent to. I spent I've spent this year um, going down there, listening to the Beastie Boys again. Uh, I, I would listen to them. I, I can remember License to Ill in '86, listening to it on cassette tape, borrowing it from a friend. Groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking. But then Check Your Head came out, and I really wasn't a big fan. But I really didn't like become a fan until To the Five Burrows, right? Because there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a certain feel from Paul's Boutique. 
Well, let me finish. I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing I, it out there. No, you're. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna circle back around. So my album was to the five boroughs. Like I absolutely love that album. That's a, that I love the album. heart and soul <laughs> they put into that after nine eleven and mm-hmm. bringing New York together. And, yeah. and, 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 yes. and I had been out to New York uh, after nine eleven and ha- had had friends out there and listened to that album and it was very special to me. So this year I've gone back and listened to the catalog twice. And I was in my car the other day listening to Paul's Boutique. Okay, and that had this epiphany that. I have no idea how Beastie Boys work as a band. They shouldn't work when you listen to it from a production value, from a vocal value, from a rap value, from uh, the Adam's vocals, the nasal how he talks. <laughs> okay, this band, for all intents and purposes, should not work. They're the bumblebee of music. They shouldn't fly, but right? They do. Exactly. <laughs> and so I'm in, the, in my car, and this epiphany hits me, and I'm like, "See, th- that's another thing about getting old is that I can actually sit down and, and like I love Spotify, this lyric thing. So you can you can listen to songs and you can read the lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. I had the same on Amazon music. Right, so, and I never did that when I was a kid. I never, like, opened it up and, like, looked at the lyrics. Oh, I did. Lyrics. I mean, <laughs> I, I did when I was a teenager. Like, obviously, I've, I've managed to memorize quite a few songs in my lifetime. And part of that had to do with listening to it over and over and also reading lyrics. But uh, I'm actually able to go back and listen to lyrics now as I'm older and take the time to actually read them and go, holy shit, that's very, very... But I can also listen to it, like back to my car listening to it listening to the lyrics in my car and again the Beastie Boys are like I don't think I could have appreciated the Beastie Boys like you guys did like my friend Damien my Damien Damien loves Paul's Boutique like mm-hmm. and that's his album right mm-hmm. and I have such an appreciation of it now and I'm so glad that I do because 20-30 years ago I love Licensed Ill you know what I'm saying I absolutely love that album but it wasn't one of those things that was in my repertoire of music now listening to it and and I went from the very very first Beastie Boys album and listened to them all and then I'm almost done well I'm like maybe maybe halfway through doing that again and I'm just like these guys don't work you know why though and I the reason I feel like they work and the reason why you saying all that logically people could say that right it is that they were saying things that if you listen deep enough to what their lyrics were and I'm going to say the song off that album, the reason why I love this album so much, and I get emotional sometimes even when I'm hearing it, because right. Adam, it's Adam's lyrics, right. who's no longer with us, right. is that he had, they had they, they all actually had really good lyrics back on there, but this is something he didn't say, but this is something that really sticks out to me. He's like, because this is how I feel about people today. Well, everybody's rapping like it's a commercial, acting right. like life's a big okay. commercial. Right. So this yes. is what I've got to say to you all. Be true to yourself and you will never fall. Right. But what Adam says on here is the thing that really, really, like, for this time, this is 92. But, I, you know, so I'm, I'm really, while he's doing that, while he's looking that up, I'm glad that I was able to go back and garner a much larger appreciation for them. And they fit in my life more now than they did 30, 35 years ago. I've always been, I didn't like them when they first came out, then I liked them. And I got tired of them, and I liked them again. It's kind of like one of those. Right. I kind of want this right. ebb and flow with right. them. And like we, t- you know, I touch on Paul's, Paul's boutique a lot. It was such an oddball because it was such an oddball album when it, when it came out. It was so different than when it was going on and the things they were doing beforehand. And people didn't realize at the time. And I've mentioned this in previous 
podcast episodes as well. People didn't realize it at the time how groundbreaking it was. Yes. It took time. It took time for the people to, to yes. look back and go, wow, these guys were already doing. These guys right. were so ahead of right. the curve as far right. as what they were doing. Right. And, and I, once again, I, I enjoy um, To the Five Boroughs, Intergalactic a lot. I thought their late stuff was, the later. I thought their later right. career stuff was good. It was really, really good. And I, I hesitate to use the word mature when you talk about the Beastie Boys. Right. But it was it really was, especially in the To the Five Boroughs, like right. you said, because it was a heartfelt thing. It was a love letter to their, you know, to the Bronx right. and, and where they grew up and stuff. And it was very well done. And I didn't like Intergalactic when it first came out. But I was at Sam Goody, and it was... Yeah. yeah. That song was overplayed. You Everything was. Like, I mean, it's like you can't... Like, I, try not, I try not to hold the artist or, or dislike the artist for over being overplayed because they have no control over that. The radio, no, and the MTV, right. and things like you're that. absolutely right. So they don't have control You just get tired. Like, it's like, I can, I can go the rest of my life without hearing Closer and Loser by Beck ever again. Yeah, uh, because I you know, in those kind of those, there's certain songs that I can go without. I mean, you know, as much I'm, I'm the biggest Nine Inch Nails fan. I was so disappointed I couldn't go to that show. Uh, Trent Reznor is way up there on my uh, very uh, creatives that I hold in high esteem, uh, as far as lyrically and how he puts things together and, and puts them out there. Um, I mean, even but I'm just doing. I'm done with Closer. I'm done with that song. Not the, no, yeah. nothing. Nothing to do with him. Just because it's the like, you know. Or even I'm almost I'm this close to not ever hearing Do Host again because I love yes. Rumstein. Well, so, but there's so, so much yeah. stuff that's so, better. So, so speaking so speaking of Beck, right? Like I can't stand that that first that Mellow Gold album because of that very thing the, uh, of of the overplay of that entire album, right? But also in in '94 that album came out in '94. Where I was in my life, I didn't like my life. I didn't. I'm realizing that now. I didn't like my life. I didn't have an appreciation for Beck until 2002 when Midnight Vultures came out. And if you dig down into Midnight Vultures, it's a very, very dark album. And I was in a very, very dark place in 2002. And that album resonated with me. Well, we we exactly. Well, that's, sometimes that's what happens. I have songs that sometimes I have a hard time listening to now because I relate them to a certain point in my life. And at yeah. that time, they were very... They they hit a they hit a, a note nothing yeah. not not I and, and I feel you hundred percent because there's certain yeah. songs like I was either depressed or angry or whatever and you know you know what when you hear those songs you like those emotions that you had why you you know liked it so much it took me a long time there's a song I won't I won't delve into what it is and why but there's a song that you like hear nowadays I can listen to but for the longest time I couldn't if it would come on I had to change I had to change the channel because I just couldn't. Deal with the emotional impact it was still having on me, even a few years down, still right. down right. from from one you know the situation happened that this song was around. Um, I can listen to it now and actually enjoy it uh, quite a bit. It was it was weird how I couldn't even. You know, it's kind of like when you drink the wrong drink and you mm-hmm. can't drink that drink again yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it, was, it was music. It was a musical equivalent. What song was it? It was uh, "Hole of the Moon" by the Water Boys. Yeah. I don't know if I know. It's not a very well-known song. You kept it's an it's an it's an eighties it's an eighties yeah. uh, song. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, it's, I, I mean it's, it's a good song. The I mean, story stuff is okay. I'm not, I'm not a huge Waterboys fan or anything, but just that one song had to do with a, um, a situation and a person and everything else, and it took me a long time to get past it. And I, I mean, I'm past it now. It's not like I, you know. I, I've had songs like that. I'm songs sure. Where that's, I absolutely that's, love that's the magic of music. And then, and then I was just like, I, it's like you're right. You hit it on the head with that taking a drink of something, mm-hmm. and you you poison yourself of something, and and. You can't listen to it anymore. One of the songs for me like that, and then I'll tell you around, I finally found the song. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I had to absorb it and get through it and deal with it because it's my favorite band. 
and it's every woman's favorite Pearl Jam song. And it's because that song reminds me of somebody I was in love with mm-hmm. in high school. Yep. Okay. What song and is this? It's Black. Yep. Oh, and really? oh, yeah. <laughs> I like oh, yeah. that song, but it's another one of those overplayed songs. I know me. someday you'll have a beautiful life. I yeah, oh, I know that's you'll... true. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I- I, my first love, she sent that to me in a letter. And I like she wrote that out, I was yeah. in, and I, I did the same, I did the same emotions behind it. I absolutely love that song now, but there was a time behind it that that emotion was still so raw. And you can hear it, yes, Eddie's voice on that yes. song, like yes. him just screaming that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the song, the song was not actually on that album, and that's why I couldn't find it. I thought it was in Pass the Mic, but it was Sure Shot, and I got my songs mixed up. And Sure Shot came out two years later in 94 on Ill Communication. Right. But they, this was Adam basically saying, hey, License Ill was not who we were. We were playing characters. We were, you know, we were selling albums. We were, so when he came out with these lyrics, this was him kind of saying, hey, I got to say this, you know. And he, basically what he's saying is like, I want to say a little something that's long overdue. Disrespect to women has got to be through. To all the mothers and the sisters and the wives and the friends, I want to offer my love and respect to the end. And uh, if you watch the documentary on Apple, he was the heart of that band. Like he, and that's the reason why they didn't continue. Exactly. Plus, when there's only three members in yes. a band and one is gone. Yes. You, I guess you make that choice if you either move on or don't. And, and you, you know, I can't because you know, right back to VZ, ZZ Top yeah. situation. But yeah, I respected the VZ Boys for saying, without him, there is no VZ Boys. Yes. We're done. Thank you for everything, but we're done. Have you guys watched that? It, I wanted to. I, I had, it's, I keep, oh my God, I there's a part when, when, that, when, really when Ad just breaks down. He's like saying he can't do this anymore without him. You know, like, They did the yeah. same thing. Well, Zeppelin did yeah. the same thing. They yeah. said it wasn't going to be the same without John. And granted, they, yeah. did, they did put together one or two things. With, it was for a benefit, though, right, which yeah, was even time, crazier. And it, but, and it takes a lot. I mean, it took yeah. a lot to drag yeah. them back because they, they even said that without John Bonham, it's not going to be the same. And some yeah. bands will do that. They'll say, look, this guy was the heart and soul. We can't do it without him. Yes. We can, but it won't be the same. Exactly. And, you know, once again, there, there's, there's, the, there's the word of the podcast, disingenuous. <laughs> and they all can do things great. I mean, I love that Jimmy keeps the life alive for that band. Like, he oh, yeah. does all these books and, you know, remasters. And, like, he keeps the thing going. Right. You know, and I know that they have their little input, John and, and Robert, with that. But Robert, you know, as much as you may or may not like his stuff he's doing on, he's happy. He's still doing it. Yeah, well, he's yeah, he's enjoying doing what he's... he's yeah. And that's fine. What's yeah. the next album on our list? Okay, no. this is the one that... Seriously, it's like when we start going down this road. Okay, <laughs> this album is still considered one of the best freaking hip hop albums of all time. The Chronic, Dr. Dre came out. Oh that yeah, year. yeah, that's yeah. I mean that catapulted him into his career basically. Oh the, you know, exactly. And Snoop the, Dogg. after the NWA thing, and he put that out. It was yeah, it put Snoop Dogg on the map, and and it had and it even had an effect on Eminem. Yeah, um, you know, for to a lesser extent because Dre was involved with him early on. Um, yeah, whether you like rap or not, that uh, album's huge. Yeah, you know you, you can't <laughs> deny that. Yeah, here's one we talked about before, and it's my favorite album by them, and that's uh, Faith No More's Angel Dust came out that year too. Oh, Angel Dust, yeah. Angel Dust is a good album. Yeah, I Midlife Crisis. I listen to that still because album. sometimes I think I'm going through that. You know, uh, yeah, you can't. You can't the, the real thing is still their my favorite album of theirs. Mm. I like Angel Dust, but I also thought Album of the Year was an excellent album as well. Yes, like artistically. Oh yeah, you yeah, told me about, about this. Very cool. Oh yeah, 
30th anniversary. 30th anniversary, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I recommend that to anybody listening right now, listening to that album. Midlife Crisis, to me, is musically and lyrically a great fucking song. Oh, I agree, <laughs> I agree. Well, I think the problem with Angel Dust as far as it's uh, the commercially selling or how much it's sold is that sometimes that happens as, well, you, sophomore jinx, uh, people will hear the one album and then they want the same again. It's and, like, you know, Paul's Boutique, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. two different, you, you come know. back later and you listen back and go, wow, that's actually not as bad an album as I thought it was. Or, you know, I really yeah. enjoy this album more than I thought it was. Sometimes it takes that one album that catapulted into, I'm going to bring it up. Okay. This is their second album and it came out that year. And to me, it's my favorite album by them. And who's that? And uh, that was because it was the album they wanted to do. They did the studio album and they did what they wanted to do. The Black Crows did Southern Harmony uh, Music Companion. And that album had some of the best fucking songs they had live, in my opinion. I mean, Remedy and, you know, and go on and on about that album. But I listen to that album, actually. I always, I always thought that they pretty much did what they wanted to anyways. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. But I've always enjoyed them. It's a shame that the typical brother situation there uh, with the, with those two. They're good now, though. Yeah. They, 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 they've they been touring all year. Yeah, they've uh, kind of put it past and they've grown up a little bit. Um, too bad Oasis can't seem to find that same thing. Yeah. Um, but, um, <laughs> I don't agree with that, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can, because I think that, I get it, you know. they. I think Oasis, we, we, just, we discussed Oasis yeah, last we time, and I still have my opinions on it, but uh-huh. they were a good band, and it's a shame that they didn't get to flesh out the later, the, the later more mature years. It's a, it's a shame uh-huh. that they haven't matured enough to come back together. But the Robinson, the Robinson brothers, I think they've always, every single thing, all their albums have had some merit. May not be as big or as good as the others, but all their music is. No. Don't solid. get me wrong. Shake Your Money is a solid rock album. Okay. Um, America or but, America. Um, that's a great fucking album too. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They have, I think they're. I think. I think they're catalog. <laughs> Remember, you had to put the. the, the, the yeah, <laughs> We couldn't show the bush, people. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I have that thing at home. I have the one with the actual. I got. I got one of those from the record company, and I have it still. I should, it's getting a little faded. I hope. I don't know if I'll ever be able to frame it because it might get, continue to get faded. But right. um, so this artist brought out an album to basically tell his record company, "Fuck you." I'm going to now be the symbol. That was the first symbol oh, album that yeah, year. Yeah, we, we know who that is. Yeah, so Prince That's released the Love Symbol Rogers album Nelson. that year. Yeah, because he was pissed off at the record company, Warner Brothers. And so. Prince, the problem I had with Prince, and it's not really a problem, but the thing yeah. with Prince to me, and this is just me, of course, um, he had he was so prolific that you, unless you were like the, the, the biggest diehard fan, it was hard to love everything he put out because yeah. he put out so much music. And I, I like a lot of Prince. I've seen Prince yeah. live. It's one of my top three concerts, probably top five mm-hmm. concerts ever. The guy was amazing. You saw him during um, his great tour. The, right? I saw him during the Greatest Hits tour where yeah. he announced that I'm going to do these songs for the last time, which he still played some of. But anyway, my wife and I both thoroughly love that show. It was worth every penny. I thought Diamonds and Pearls was my, my probably like one of my favorite albums of his. Yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> that's it. And the cymbal stuff, that was, I don't blame him for... For doing what he did, I mean, you, yeah. you, if you don't, if artists don't stick to their integrity, because um, Steve Miller did the same thing early in his career, he made sure to own his masters and other artists. Yes. Uh, I mean, I understand it's a business. He was one of the first to really yeah, get that if you going. Don't stand up for yourself and have and hold on to the rights to your music. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of bad things can happen. So yeah. I, I respect him for that. Okay, we're gonna go full circle, but come back to everything. This came out this year. We just talked about him. Vulgar display of power. Came out in 92. Yeah. Great album. You know, so huge, huge album for them. 
you know, Pantera. So for the folks that don't know, that's where I was introduced to that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that... I, was, I was a Cowboys from Hell's fan. That, that was that was the most that was the most vicious record of that year when Cowboys from Hell came out. Nothing. Yes. Was, nothing I remember that. Every nothing, nothing sounded like that at that time. Now, granted, right. the, the skate landscape changed, but nothing sounded like Cowboys from Hell. And then Vulgar Display just took it to another level. Yes. This album came out, and this was one of the they they tried to say at that time. I remember them getting that kind of like slack from it, but they definitely eventually became their own. But they were trying, oh, you're just trying to be like these other grunge bands that are out there, blah, blah, blah. But they were a rock band, in my opinion, was Stone Temple Pilots with Core. Core came out that year. And that album was huge. Yeah, it came in on the tail, the coattails of the grunge, but that, yeah, I still think STP was their own animal. Exactly. I, 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 exactly. I, was, I was a huge STP. I'm still a huge STP. Yeah. Fan. I don't. I don't care much for the new incarnation, but when um, Scott was with them. Yeah, when Scott was alive and with the band, they they all four of their albums were really. really yeah, good. they had one after another after yes, that. All they, four of their yeah. albums were solid. The last one wasn't as strong as the earlier, the first three, but still, all four of them were excellent. I got to see them live in yeah. Las Vegas, and they were amazing. With all of them? Yes. Wow, cool. 94. It was when we were on oh, our, wow. Chilean and I were on our honeymoon. That's cool. <laughs> that was probably, their second album was probably out by then, I yeah, would think. Purple. Yeah, Bob Mould came out with Sugar that year. That was a big album for them, even though yeah. I'm not a huge Bob Mould fan. Yeah, who was in Husker Du. Somebody had their big, big follow-up to Disintegration, The Cure, with the album Wish. Wish was actually really, really good. Yeah. Disintegration got all the lion's share of the attention, but Wish was a really, yeah. really solid album, too. And they made a shit ton of money off of it, too. <laughs> I already know that. Well, all that hair product, whatever. Megadeth had to count down to Extinction. Fucking fantastic album. One that of my was... all-time favorite yeah. metal albums, period. Yeah. I, can, that album, I listened to that album at such high volumes, I'm sure it has something to do with Megadeth. <laughs> right. boss. What? Exactly. Um, this album, and I heard she's, after, she's been on hiatus for a while now, and she's finally coming back out, and I love her. I really do. Is Sade had love yes, her luck that Yes, I did read year. that. I read that she's got a new album coming out. I'm excited too. I'm a yeah. huge Sade fan. Yeah. I, I bought her. That's actually I, I lied earlier. I, I did break out one of the albums that I that I bought, and when I was in LA, I bought uh -huh. her her greatest hits. Uh -huh. I broke that out and listened to that. I didn't get into her until that album, the greatest hits album, came out. Uh -huh. Maybe. Well, that's not true. I, I got a, into her in '95, so I don't know if it was. I don't think it was hits. I don't know what it was. Promise, probably. Maybe. maybe I think. But, I but, think. I know. Yeah. She, she that, got later. Like she was yeah, big at first, kind of right. faded, and then resurged a little yeah. bit, and then the greatest hits but, came out. Yeah, like, she's yeah. been kind of going up and down. But that album, that album is like. Love the. So I remember many, you couldn't escape from that song, right. man. So, all so yeah. many good. Such like, a great, just, just a great R and B yes. style. Voice. And she's her jazz R and B. And she and like you don't think about all this music and. That was popular. I mean, that's pretty cool. You know, like yeah. everybody had eclectic taste, so enough to make right. that popular, you know. I've always, I've always liked her. This was their hugest album, and I got to see them during the Lollapalooza tour with Pearl Jam and a bunch of other bands. This was Ministry, Psalm 69. Great album. Yes. Uh, I, have to, I have to completely credit my wife with my um, introduction to Ministry. Because she's an '80s goth child, or not? Yes. Sorry, I wouldn't say goth, but she was an she was an '80s she's an '80s girl, and she listened to Ministry when they were a dance group. Yes, every day is Halloween and uh -huh. those kind of things. And Who then influenced been, Trent Reznor? Absolutely. And then they well, and there's a story about them borrowing his PA. That's really funny. <laughs> um, but then they kind of transitioned into the seminal industrial rock band, mm -hmm. and they still to this day. I mean, they're you know, yes. they're still just still touring, and Al Jurgensen as Wild and crazy as his life is. And lucky he's still and, alive. Exactly. But still, <laughs> and, still, and still performing at a peak level. Yeah, Psalm 69 was fantastic. 
Land, land of rape and honey is still their best, but yes. <laughs> well, of course, I and mean, we and we can feel that whole we wax tracks. I mean, exactly. come on, yeah, you know, we're, I mean, we're, we're from that area, from that area, so. yeah, and that era and everything. So, no, that that album will be their hugest album to date. Um, I'm going to be all over the place. This was her solo debut, and after her big '80s success with the band Arithmics, Annie Lennox came out with Diva. Great album. Yeah. But that, that, that was at least that was something that she didn't leave the she didn't leave Eurythmics. It's not the Eurythmics. Yeah. It's just Eurythmics. Um, she just wanted to do a little thing on her own. And Dave, you know, Dave Stewart said, "Sure, go ahead." And um, yeah, excellent, excellent yeah. album. Very yeah. well produced. And she'll get her uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Very well and well deserved. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I always screw up this name, so I'm going to spell it for you, and then you guys can tell me how to properly say it. K Y U S S. Caius. Okay. And I believe Josh Home was in that band at that time in 92, wasn't he? Uh, this is before he left them? I don't know. I, I'm not I, I know they, had, they had two drummers. I, was, I, yeah, I knew the name, but was not really familiar with their work. And didn't even, didn't even get into Josh Home as an artist until Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. And I didn't even know about all that stuff until yeah. later. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. That album was Blues for the Red Sun. Okay. <laughs> um... All your Caius fans out there, uh, you know, chime in. These guys were just here uh, last week, I believe it was. And this album, I remember listening to us a few hundred times during that summer, was uh, Meantime, Helmet, 92. The album on a whole is pretty yeah. good. Uh, it, of yeah. course, the unsung is the, is the, is the song. Yeah. And I still love that song. I love that track. I can play that track yes. yeah. forever. It's just, it's just a... One of those slice of moments, and it's just a great riff and mm -hmm. heavy. And I'm they were here. They were here with Crutch. I, I didn't know Clutch. 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 Sorry, Clutch. I think Crutch tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't remember this coming out, but apparently it came out, and I'm not sure if this was their debut album or if it was their second or third or whatever. But they eventually blew up, and that was the Prodigy. But so which one is which? This album? is Experience is the album. I, I think this. I think this is their first album. Fat, yeah. Fat of the Land was the big. That yeah. was the one that broke them. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was because that was. The, it's funny how sometimes whether it's a predictor, it feels forced because it was remember the remember right before Fat of the Land came out, it was all over the place that electronic music, EDM music, it's going to be yeah. the next big thing, it's going to be the next big thing, and it wasn't really it was it was on the fringes, but as soon as Fat of the Land came out, it yeah. blew up. Yeah. And then then Chemical Brothers, you know, yeah, Chemical Brothers, yeah, exactly, yeah. all of them. Yeah. 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 Oh, there was a couple of years there that anything that. But Fat Land is a fantastic album, and I know the Prodigy. It's you know the Prodigy is the keyboard guy. He's the I can't remember his name now. The guy who is the yeah, that's his band. He put it together. But Liam. it was really all about um, what's his name, the Flint, uh, the singer, the guy who did Mike the vocals. Flint, no, not Mike. the MC. The yeah, the MC. Guy. After the MC with his the reverse mohawk and the, the focus of all the videos. Yeah. I'm sorry, he made that band popular. Yeah. And the music is good, but if it wasn't for him, they would never have been. The image. Yeah. 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 I actually went years without listening to that album. We listened to that. And kind of Firestarter. We listened and, to that um, album so many times. Smack, smack your bitch up. Smack my bitch up. And, you know, that's, that whole album is just so good. <laughs> I went I went from. So when that album came out when? 92. 92. No, not 92. Sorry. Fat of the Land came out what? what we were it must have been like around 90. 96. Then. 94, 96. 96. So we were 97. So we were. Yeah, that was 97. So the Fat One came out in 97. So we I, we listened to that album so many times between yeah. Lakes, uh, not Lakeside, between Villa and in South, Southwest Plaza. Yeah. So I went from probably 98 until 2020. 
without listening to that. Well, album. I can't remember the last time I listened to it. I, 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 I couldn't. Saw, you know. I physically <laughs> couldn't bring myself to listen to that album. And finally, one day, okay, I'm gonna listen to it. I'm like, okay, I don't have to listen to it again for another five years, just because it just it was one of those things that's just so burned into my brain that, like, my body's like, no, don't. Like, like, <laughs> like, it, it sucks. To yeah, such yeah. There's album. a lot of albums. Yeah. That it's we listen such to. an amazing yeah. album, but we just listened to it so many fucking times. I get it. I get it. This was the last album she did with this group before she went solo, and that is um, Nally Merchant. Uh, Fine, no, 10,000 10, 10, 10, Meetings. 10,000 Meetings. Um, I was a Fine came out. I'm sorry. I apologize. That was totally. a good Yeah, completely. That's a nutty <laughs> Sometimes there's so much information that it all fights together yeah. at once. I wanted to switch the role because this was the, finally the beginning of like you started seeing a lot of female artists get a lot of attention. And this album came out and it's her best album in my opinion, I'm sure. People argue with me about it who are diehard fans, but it has a lot of personal meaning to me, and that was Tori Amos came out with Little Earthquakes that year. And there was a lot of things in that album that made me realize, like, lyrics and songs were transitioning, and she talks a lot of, a lot of shit she had to go through being a woman. And just, you know, that was nice to see that transition happening in music, you know, like, just getting that out there, getting, you know, the message. That's why a lot of women find that album in particularly very poignant, but just because it was, it, there's a lot of meaning behind it. So if you get a chance, yeah. check it out. It's um, a good album. Yeah. I, I remember listening to that. It, it, I'm not, Tori Amos was, I liked her, but I, I never was a, but then, it's not high on my radar. Right, me too. I, but I, then, I like her, but it's not like, oh, wow, I listen to Tori Amos. Right. I might, I, now that we're talking about it, I may, you know, I find at work, I'm trying to find, mix up my taste a little bit more. I'm going back to some stuff mm -hmm. and listen to some new stuff, so I, I might actually do yeah. a little Tori Amos there. Um, but on the flip side of being a female that year, there was one particular artist from the 80s that decided just to see how far they could push that envelope that year, and they did, big time. There was a book that came out, and her image and everything was changing, and Erotica came out that year, and it was a Colonel Weiser oh, yeah, album. Oh. Yeah. And I remember her just, that was, you talk about somebody being like hyped up. She was, she had a movie out. She had, you know, all these things going on. She was on. definitely multimedia at that time. Yes. And I, I like and respect her for all the things that she did do. Um, she's gone a little silly lately, but I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, I, mean, you know, it's I did enjoy like uh, Like a Virgin as much as people sometimes talk, talk about her performance and all that stuff. The album as a whole is excellent. And yeah. she is so, so you, if you take away a lot of the image things mm -hmm. that the artists like her do and concentrate on the music, she's actually a very good artist. She, a lot of, she, oh was, very, she was very involved in her own production and writing and um, not only the fact that she's a pretty good singer too. So yeah, that's, I mean, Erotica was a good album. I mean, I, I mean that's somebody who you definitely could do a whole episode about just because of her whole career and her life up to right now. But I, I, my favorite song by her is Live to Tell, man. That song, like I still think holds up to this day musically and just the emotion behind that song and you know that was when she was with her first husband Sean Penn, Sean Penn yeah. so we'll cut off part one there with our little discussion about Mo Donna quite an array of albums to come out for the year of 92 still have a whole other episode to go I hope you enjoyed that one were you aware of any of those albums coming out that year Kind of shocking to hear all these albums that came out that made a major impact in music. How old were you in 1992? I was 18, and I just graduated in the month of May of that year. And it was just the beginning of me going to many concerts 
and starting my eclectic taste in music. I actually have many great stories to tell in the future with my good friend Jeremy McCree and Jack Miller, but also touching base with Reese Argo and John Turner. There is also going to be a few new guests coming here in the next month or so, and I know you're really going to enjoy hearing them converse with me and others about music. So in the meantime, if you would like to reach out to us, you can do so by either checking with me through email at ozomatfan87 at gmail.com or through Facebook at musicmadeseeds at facebook.com. You can subscribe to my podcast by hitting the subscribe button at the bottom of wherever you get your podcasts. You can also reach through me and the others at Instagram at Johnny Evans or John Evans and also through TikTok at Johnny Come Lately. I'd love to hear from you. Also, feel free to reach through me if you'd like to sit down and have a conversation. Meanwhile, we're heading into the holiday season here. It's actually amongst us. And I would love to uh, know what is some great music buys or some things that you would like to hear about as far as the episodes go. Like I said, reach through me on any of those platforms and do your best, folks, during this holiday season to take care of each other. Until next time. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us.